All right, guys, Halloween. let's talk a little defense. It's also Halloween. And before we do defense, we need to remind everybody, if you're looking to dress up as a sports book for Halloween, you better be dressing up as FanDuel because it is unquestionably the number one sports book in all of America. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets by winning any $5 money line bet. That's a $5 money line bet that if it hits, you get $150 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get out of the action than right now. The app is so easy to use, including a wide range of betting options from player props to spreads, over-unders, and much, much more. We showed you a five-part parlay earlier in the show that hit $5 turned into $377. So you could be the next big winner, and we'll feature you here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I got a question. Yes, sir, Earl. How in the hell can you dress up as a, as a sports book? That's what the creative Figure people do. Figure it out. Do. You got to be creative, <laughs> yeah. bro. Me and, hey, me and Anthony straight looked at each other through the glass like, wait, what are you, you talking think, about? I can think of many ways you could dress up as a sports book. Yeah, it could be a book with sports on it. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, the, the line has already gone down. The Browns opened at FanDuel as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. The line is currently, I'm looking at the FanDuel sports book as we speak. The line is now seven. Now it's going to take a lot to drop under seven. I would, I would wait for it to go six and a half, and I'd pound on that. The Browns? Yeah, yeah. I'd jump on that. And I've, I didn't find exactly Over what under I was looking for. Over 38 and a half. Go ahead. But uh, since Nick went down, Browns are averaging 3.9 yards a carry. That ranks 20th in the NFL. Mm. So, very average. That's true. Some of the Browns' numbers still have Nick Chubb have as a Nick's, factor. Yeah, since Nick went down, they're 20th in yards per carry. So it's not exactly what I was looking for earlier, but that's good enough. But again, we might have guessed worse than that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 3.9, I'll take it. Yeah. Let's talk about the defense. And by the way, one second before we go to the defense, uh, that includes quarterbacks too, which could skew the numbers a little bit. Okay. Let's go to defense here. Mike, did you have a question you wanted to ask us about the defense? Yeah. I'll start with this, and then you guys can take it in any direction you want. But for the first five, or for, for the first five weeks, the Browns' defense allowed 200 yards per game, essentially. We showed that stat. Through five games, they'd allowed 1,002 yards, which was the most or the, the fewest in NFL history, the <clears throat> best. And then they had a little struggles against Indianapolis. And then we see Seattle early on. They got gashed in the first quarter. Then they became back to that original form. Locked Seattle down for 43 and a half minutes for that last drive where Seattle marched down the field to take the lead. Yeah. How can you explain the inconsistency with that group? Because that's what I'm struggling the most to wrap my head around. Well, because that's the NFL in this day and age. And that's why the early, even though the numbers were were eye-popping, the early conversation about all-time defense was a silly one. I thought it was a silly one the entire time we were having it. But because the numbers were so eye-popping, we did it. The reality is when you think of great defenses... There's no team in recent years. Like the last, it, it, those, that Seahawks defense was very, very good. But does anybody think of that Seahawks defense when they won the Super Bowl? How many years has it been since they won the Super Bowl now? 11, because it was 2012. Okay. The, even that Seahawks defense, guys, 11 years ago they won the Super Bowl, which was really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think of that defense in the same class as the 85 Bears, as those Giants teams, as those Ravens teams. Well, what teams. those teams all had was multiple Hall of Famers right. on one side of the ball. Yes. And I don't know if the Seahawks will have that. So that's one difference. I'm trying to remember who exactly was I mean, on that defense. is Richard Sherman a Hall of Famer? Don't ask Tyvis. I think he will be, yeah. I think, I think Bobby be. Wagner a Hall of Famer? Yeah, Bobby Wagner a Hall so. of Famer. I'm not sure. Bobby a Hall of Famer. Is he? Man, man, Bobby, I don't know. I think so. 
I don't know. I think How do we know close. that? I think like, it's close. defense. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. I and never those... thought of either of those guys as Hall of Famers. I thought of them as, like, the tier below that. Like, what about really He's a six-time first-team All-Pro. Like, Who's what? Bobby Wagner has nine All-Pro teams in his career. Six first-teams, three second-teams. That, like, that sounds like Hall of Fame, probably. It could, yeah. What and, about, and, Rich, so what maybe about they Richard will. Sherman? Yeah. <laughs> Richard I'll Sherman. I'll say this, why, why, yeah. why he's looking it up. Richard Sherman has five All-Pro teams. Three first teams. Like Bull, like yeah. Bull said, this is the NFL. I think people forget offensive coordinators, head coaches, offensive players, they get paid too. And I think the Browns' defense has been damn good, but I also feel like they've put so much out there on film that now they're starting to get exploited a little bit at the things that they do really well. And now it's up to Jim Schwartz to kind of go back, look at the film, and make adjustments to the adjustments. I thought, I thought he did a damn good job in-game adjusting to the things that the Browns were not doing pretty good to start the game. And the defense ended up holding Seattle's offense scoreless up into the final minutes of the fourth quarter. And so I just look at it as like, I, it's not an overreaction for me. I think the defense is still damn good. I just look at it as, okay, offenses are starting to see the Browns do X, Y, and Z well. Here's how we can counter that. And I think now Jim Schwartz needs to take that film and say, okay, they're starting to counter what we do well. Well, so here's our adjustment to whatever adjustments that opposing offenses are making. Jason? Yeah, I think I agree with pretty much everything both you guys have said. Part of this is regressing to the mean where it probably was untenable. I mean, they were on historic pace. They were putting up numbers yeah. that aren't allowed to be put up in this mm -hmm. game of space and throwing the ball all over the field and everything else. I still think it's a really, really good defense. But, yeah, I think there's concern over the fact I mentioned earlier the Niners, you pin them deep, and they run right down the field on you, and they get in position to score late in the game. Yeah. The Colts hang 38 on you. The Seahawks, after a sudden change turnover, you're counting on your defense to bail you the out. And the Ravens, they didn't play well. And the Ravens, they got destroyed. Yeah. And we kind of chalked up the Ravens to, well, turnovers, short fields, which yeah. is still true and all yeah. fair. But now when you stack that with more sketchy performances on top of it, you know, I, I still think this is a really good unit. I don't know that it's the... Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Ravens, not in 2000. No. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett, I think, is a future Hall of Famer at, yeah. at the rate he's going. I don't know. I think it's too early to say with some of these other guys. Denzel, you know, I don't, it's way too early in their careers no. to say. Yeah. Dalvin Tomlinson, no. Zaria Smith, no. No. So it's still built on one guy from a talent standpoint of one elite, supernatural type of player. Uh, and they've done a tremendous job with the pieces that they have. And I still think it'll be a good defense all year long. Uh, but certainly they've shown some cracks here. And, you know, we, I don't know if we really touched on this in the show or not, but they don't play a ton of good quarterbacks here going forward. You know, I mean, Lamar Jackson coming up. But other than that, you know, you got Josh Dobbs this you got, week. You the got Steelers Le are a wreck. Right. So uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming down the road. Trevor Lawrence is playing. They're playing really well. And you Burrow got Trevor again. Lawrence, a healthy Burrow probably, and Lamar Jackson. And that's really about it. Right? Are they – who else? That's it. Well, look at the schedule right here for anyone who wants to see it with us. Steve, you can take yeah. that goal. And we'll go through this. They have Josh Dobbs and then Lamar Jackson. They avoid potentially Kyler Murray because he will not play. So yeah, right. go to the next one here as we continue to work through the schedule. Then right, it's then Kenny so Pickett. Got, could be Trubisky. Pickett or Trubisky. They both stink. Uh, Russell Wilson's playing a little better this year. Yeah. Even better. Matthew Stafford's a, a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. But he got hurt yesterday. He's hurt. And I heard a report today on Twitter that he may be headed to the IR. Oh, really? Which would put him in jeopardy of that game. So he's very TBD for that moment. Yeah, obviously Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence is a good quarterback. In week 14, uh, the Bears, Bears are a wreck. probably fields back by then. Uh, Texans, Stroud Stroud's had his worst well. game, but he had his worst game yesterday. Well. He's, 
Jets bad quarterback. Obviously, we could see Burrow. Aaron Rodgers back though if he continues no. his remarkable recovery from the Achilles. I would be no. Come I'd on, be shocked too, I, knew, I knew that was not, coming. <laughs> not totally out of the. question. Of course, it's out of the question. Nobody comes back from an Achilles that quick. Nobody also goes into a black hole for four days and decides to come Get out. out. Aaron Rodgers done a lot of things. Not many the people do. Yes, so. they don't face a ton of great quarterbacks. Um, and that's the thing. Like I look at the Browns' defense. They we it, they got overhyped the first couple of weeks, and it's a good it's a very good deep. But but in the big picture, it's a very good defense. It's not a special defense. If you look at the like, I think the secondary is pretty special. Yeah. I think they're I think Denzel Ward and Emerson are a special combination at corner. I think they got very good safety play. If you look at the front seven though, it's played overalls played well. But their front seven outside of Miles Garrett, nobody's special. Right. They have a they have a lot of solid guys, but nobody's special. So Darius Smith is at this point in his career is not a special player. Nobody else on their D D line or linebacker is an they don't have any all pro caliber players in the front seven except for Miles Garrett. Do they have the best cornerback tandem in the league? I think they might. And one of them. I think they might. The Seahawks is really good. Seahawks is really Seahawks good. is good. The Jets got a good quarterback. Jets tandem. is really, really good. good. The Browns yeah. got a good one. Uh, they're in the conversation. They, they're definitely in that yeah. conversation. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm like Jason. I'm a huge, huge fan of MJ Emerson, man. And he got, he got, he went out there yet again, and he bought his ass off. I mean, he was on DK Metcalf pretty much the whole game. DK had 14 targets, five catches for 67 yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I felt like DK won a, the matchup a few times, but for the most of it, most of it, like MJ had him on lock. And then you go out there and you get your second interception within a three week time span. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's the hair. They should have had another pick, man. They would have won the game. Jason, it's the hair. No, that was, <laughs> it's the hair. It I'm wasn't telling him, you. not him. Not, <laughs> it was uh, Cam was, Mitchell. Cam Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. You got to uh, make that play. He should be doing push ups and running laps. You got to make that play. But that's, em- a, that's that's pick six right there. Emerson has. I don't want to get hot takey. Emerson has everything you want in a cornerback. He's very good. He's, He's got very, very size, good. length, strength, decent hands, good yeah. speed. Like if he, I'm the Browns, I'm letting Newsom walk at the end. I can't. Is it Newsom a free agent at the end of the year? No, or, next year. No, next year. Next year. I he, can't. He get his fifth year option. This how year. did Martin Emerson fall? What was it fourth round? Third round. Third yeah. SEC cornerback. Now, I mean, Mississippi no State. interceptions. That's what they said it was because he he didn't have the turnover number. But I remember seeing some stats like you know he didn't give up more than four catches to any re- SEC wide receiver when they was he, matched it's up. It's the on SEC. Him. He went the same round as David Bell and uh, <laughs> Cedric Tillman and Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, well, they can. But he they, got this one right. They can identify the DBs better yeah. than they can the receivers. My God, no, he's really he's really good. And, and they've got a great combo there. They're, you know, it's just, does anybody disagree about what I said about the front seven? No. no nobody's special. Are, no, it's nobody special. Outside of Miles Garrett. A lot of quality guys. But a lot of quality players. And it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to, to crap all over them. Saying that I, I think the Browns do have one of the five best defenses probably in the league. Yeah. But it's not head and shoulders above. You're just saying they're not the 2000 Ravens or of the 85 Bears. They're not. It, they they, they they're not in that or conversation. Or the 2002 no Bucks. Go ahead. One thing that I have yeah. noticed about the Browns' defense early in the year, against the run, teams had zero success. None. Right. Zilch, not at nothing. Yeah. And in each of the last three weeks, and it was a little bit in San Francisco early, then they kind of locked it down. 
But Indianapolis and Seattle both had a lot of success on the ground. Well, and they had a couple long runs that throw off the numbers. But Kenneth Walker got loose on the first drive, 45-yard run. Zach Charbonneau, Charbonnet, Charbonneau, whatever Charbonnet. you pronounce it. Yeah. He got loose late in the game. Last week, Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss both had some bigger holes. And I'm curious if teams have found some sort of blocking advantage to counteract how aggressive well, and, and Earl talked about down. that, and, and, you know, we've talked about how aggressive they are at attacking the quarterback, and they mentioned it on the broadcast. It was Daryl Johnston was the analyst, right? Yep. Yeah. Like Darryl, they're a great combo, Adam Amin and Daryl Johnston. Daryl Johnston made a great point of when you – when he talked about the Browns giving up some big plays, he's like, when you're as aggressive as the Browns are, you end up with a lot of guys at the same level. So there are plays where all the linebackers and all the defensive linemen – are right there. And so if you get through that initial line, yeah. there's a lot of room to run. And we saw that on the big Kenneth Walker play. And Mike, you said, well, they played well run defense in the second half against the Niners. Well, that's because McCaffrey didn't play in the second half. So really, they have not stopped the run well. Well, they faced some really good running backs in that stretch too. Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth right. Walker, yeah. McCaffrey before he got hurt. Right. So that plays a role in it as yeah, well. I mean, These are the really good The one good running back they shut down was uh, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the one guy. By the way, he's another guy that could, I guess, be traded. Although, the way Will Levis played for the Titans yesterday, if I'm them, I'm not trading anybody. Yeah. Yeah, he looked good. To me, the only team in the AFC that should be packing it in is New England. I thought Adam Schefter came out with a report yesterday saying that Tennessee informed Derrick Henry that they wouldn't trade him, even though teams had called to inquire. So, I thought, I thought the report was I heard the same that thing they ever. weren't looking <clears throat> to trade him, but they would listen, which every team should listen on every player all the time. I saw the one Earl's referring to where they were not okay. interested. But anyway, I, I don't. I, I love those. Right, those are stupid. We'll listen, but we're not looking to move yeah, or whatever. Right, right. It's basically saying, please come make an offer. To somebody right. call and offer you right, a first-round right. pick yeah. for Trent Richardson. Then yeah. all of a sudden, now there's we can talk about it. not a ton of teams that are <laughs> yeah. completely out of it. So there's not a lot of teams that are, you know, especially when 14 teams make the playoffs, every team in the AFC, except for the Patriots, is in with, within three games of first place. With, with 10 weeks to go, you know, with either eight or, or, or either 10 or nine games left in the season for every team. So I, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of teams looking to blow it up, but like Carolina, certainly, maybe Washington, uh, Arizona might trade some guys, although with Kyler Murray coming back, they may want to not totally, you know, blow up their team. We'll see. But go ahead, Mike. No, you can finish. I just have one more question for you. Oh, go ahead. Move on to the next yeah, one. yeah. So we have done this in the past and I didn't necessarily put it in the rundown so I apologize but I'm asking you guys right now if we're going to assign portions of the blame pie on this game what percentage does the defense get what percentage does PJ Walker get Stefanski and then anyone else you want to throw in there well and let me let me start with this because this is part of that conversation I was just going to get to this you know, we've, we've alluded to it a little bit but the bottom line in yesterday's game all the, all the talk initially was about the third and three mm-hmm. but where did the Seahawks start that final drive with two minutes to go? The 43-yard line. The, their own 43-yard line. They went 57 yards in less than a minute. 57 yards. Okay? If, if, if you're going to be the best defense in football, you can't get – even if the Browns' defensive would have held them to a field goal, yep. at least you can go to overtime. Yep. And, and maybe you would have – you know, who knows? You probably lose it overtime with P.J. Walker. Who but knows? you give yourself a chance. You can't let the the, the Seahawks – they went, through, you know, just right through them. Yeah. After they had played great for three quarters. That is inexcusable, the way the defense collapsed at the end of the game. It felt like they they lost all their energy. 
after that turnover. I, I, I wonder if, like, you know, they was kind of, like, mentally deflated or if they were emotionally deflated because I made this point yesterday on a, on a postgame show. The third and three interception was horrible. It don't take rocket science. You, you don't need bifocals to figure that out. That was horrible. But just as bad, a defense that had corrected their issues yeah. all game, right. get in that situation – like, you didn't even hold them to a field goal attempt. Yeah. Right. You allow these dudes to drive straight down the field, marching into the end zone for a touchdown, yeah. and I, I felt like you. I felt like, man, y'all should have tied up and played better than that. Yeah. I can't. You're the top unit. Yeah. Like, right now. You the, top dog. You top dog. You got <laughs> you, you top dog. Seal the deal. Yeah. yeah. That that interception would have meant nothing right. if they would have stopped them for three and out. This wasn't the Jets last year, obviously, but this felt like a game the Browns had won, at least to me. I texted you guys and said, this is a great Kevin Stefanski game. Yes. Like, this is the game where he's going to get all the right. flowers now. And then it all unraveled on him in the last two minutes. But for the defense, I think it was an emotional swing where it's, it's those sudden change moments. You think you're going to win the game. You're two minutes from winning the game. And now you're out there. You need to stop. Whereas, yeah. had they been able to punt him deep or whatever, now it, you, you have a different mentality sure. of being able to stop them other than now the crowd's in it. Now they've got the momentum and everything else. Right. That's not to make an excuse for them, though. You've got to get a stop there. If you right. are what you think you are and you are what you say you are, you have to get a stop there because the offense puts you in a bad spot, but you also know the limitations of this offense right now and you have to be the backbone of this team. That's right. And you didn't deliver for them. And the offense put them in a bad spot, but not that bad a spot. They still had to start in their own territory. Right. It wasn't like it started at the what Seahawks it started 20. At the 30. Right. I mean, at the Browns 20 or 30. Right. You know, right. like they still had to. And again, a field goal, stopping them for a field goal, we could have lived with that. Yeah. And they, could, and they didn't even touch Jackson Smith and Jigba on that touchdown throw. Here's how the play-by-play of that final drive went. And you yeah. guys can tell me. Let, just bear with me for a sec. Let's say they run the ball, they don't get it, and they punt. I know, Jason, you said Stefanski probably goes for it if it's fourth and one. Let's say I think it's, it's a good chance, but yeah, go ahead. I Let's just say they punt and they get down to the 15-yard line. Whatever it is, this is how the Seahawks with two timeouts then progressed. First play after the interception, a short seven-yard pass to Tyler Lockett brings it to the 50-yard line. No huddle. A nine-yard completion to DK Metcalf to Cleveland's 41. The very next play, Noah Fant, 14 yards to the 27-yard line. So in three plays, they had just moved 43 yards down the field. Then it's the 12-man on the field penalty, and then it's the short touchdown pass, the little bubble screen to Jackson Smith and Jigba, who goes untouched into the end zone. Was there a hold on DK Metcalf? Maybe, iffy, whatever. They didn't call it. Live with the situation. If you're a Browns fan, you can't complain. No, no, I'm just saying. Just live with it. They didn't call it. It is what it is. Yeah. So in one, two, three, four, five. In six plays, they went 53 yards. They averaged damn near nine yards a play. Yep. And that was the only penalty on that drive, Mike? Yes. A 12-man. Yeah, and I, I noticed, I think Kevin Stefanski tried to call a timeout mm-hmm. before the flag was thrown. Yes. It wasn't even 12. They had 13, 13 dudes on the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't realize So, that. Yeah. I, I just think that, like I said, a series event of events in the last few minutes of the game ultimately cost the Browns the victory. But I'm like you, and I'm like you. The defense right now, y'all top dog. Y'all are the best unit on this team. More is expected of, of that particular unit yeah. than it is anybody else due to the circumstances. Yeah. Watson is hurt. Chubb is hurt. So now we're leaning on you all. And you all have given us enough to show that, you know what, we're not wrong for leaning on you all. You've played pretty damn well. And so even if you would have gave up the field goal, I could have lived with that. I was mind blown that this defense who has shut down Seattle's offense yeah. for the better part of the game, like just let them Did walk nothing. straight down the field. Yeah. That was very disappointing. San Francisco all over again. Yeah. They shut off the water in San Francisco for three quarters, three and a half quarters. The first drive on the Niners, obviously, went down and scored. After that, nothing until the end of the game, and they went right down the field and got in a field goal range. 
Can't yeah, happen. Defense has got to be better this week. There's no excuse. You're playing one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in Josh Dobbs. They don't really have a running game in Arizona. Um, you know, anyway, we'll talk more about next week. Go ahead, Mike. It's funny you mentioned yeah. that Arizona has a running game. Uh, Steve, go, go to 10 real quick. You take 10 full. They're actually fourth in the league in rushing yards per game, which goes to show you well, that. Because, but which goes to show James you rushing Connor, yards per game. Because James Conner was actually running well for them, but he's hurt. No, I know, but I'm just saying rushing yards per game is not necessarily an indication. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, no, James Conner James was, Connor was doing well. well. They had a better running game, but then he got hurt two weeks ago, and he's on IR. So he's officially out this week. He can't play, right? Yeah, yes. he's on IR. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge loss for Arizona and a yeah. big benefit here for the Cleveland Browns. Was that last year or the year before when he played the Cardinals? Was that last year, two years ago? Two, uh, when they lost out there? No, when they came here they came and here. they did, they had this crazy defensive scheme that they was running. Uh, I think it was two years ago. It was two I don't years ago. The Cardinals I being here last year. Yeah, I uh, man, you can't lose to the Cardinals. It was the Freddie year. I think they went out there and lost. Yeah, but the Arizona came here maybe last year, or the year before that. Man, and straight put a whooping on us. Like the defense came out and just straight shut down everything that they were we were trying to do. Yeah. I know it's different circumstances surrounding both teams, man. But games like this, they worry me a little bit. You know what I mean? Because I think this this Browns team has a tendency to play down to their opponent like other teams do. I, I just know that this is a game you you, you cannot lose. Yeah, I'm not going to call it a must win, game. but it is a got to have a you, game, you gotta especially have with the game. next two that are. There's no excuse for losing this game. Yeah, you, you need to win this game. I'm not worried about it. I, I think they'll take care of it. There, there's no re- Listen, the Browns under Kevin Stefanski this year have showed up ready to play in six out of seven games. Absolutely. They were not ready to play that Ravens game. You know, you give Stefanski some, certainly some of the blame on that. The other six games, even when they've been outmanned, they have been ready to play. Absolutely. He's gotten the best out of this team. Yeah. Like, 100%. say what you want. He's gotten absolutely everything he can out of this team. So, I'm not worried that they're going to come out and not play. I think the reason they were not ready for that Baltimore game had a lot to do with what happened with Watson absolutely. that week. And I think they'll be ready to play against Arizona. And there's no excuse for losing that game at home. None. Go ahead, Mike. Real quick, you, and I asked this question, and then we went into the defense. But real quick, let's just assign slices yes. of the oh, blame sorry. pie. And then we'll talk about the rest of the AFC North. Blame pie for the loss. What are our options again? Defense? Stefanski. Stefanski. PJ Walker. And then if you want to add anyone else into that conversation, be my guest. Okay. What's your, what's your pie blame? Who wants to go first? Jason, you want to go first? I, I think, I mean, PJ's the one who has the ball in his hands. I didn't... You feel guilty blaming him because he's because he is he what is he, is. he is. But I remember going back to what Brian Hartline said about like you can only ask a guy to do what he's capable of doing. Yeah, and the Browns are asking PJ Walker right now to do more than what he's capable of doing. So it's it's hard. I mean, I'm going to be lame and say just cut it into thirds. I guess ultimately a third for Stefanski. Well, huh? it, ultimately it falls on him. He's the head coach. Whatever. Yeah. But I just think the and, and again, like I I gave you the numbers at the start of the show. If you want to say they should have run the ball, well then you've got. The numbers to back it up since the start of 2020, there's a higher conversion rate running on third and three than there is throwing on third and three. Fine. If you want to be upset, fine. Just I, this idea that you have to fire the coach after every loss is what makes me roll my eyes and right, right, right. gives me a headache. Uh, but yeah, he's the head coach. He's culpable. Yeah. But I, I'd probably put more of it on the defense in, in PJ. I mean, for me, since I have to put a percentage on this, yeah. I will give more of the percentage to PJ Walker for the simple fact like three turnovers came off of you, two mm-hmm. interceptions. And then you lost lost the fumble. So at the end of the day, when you turn the ball over, you put yourself in a situation to lose. But overall, I hate these type of questions. Like I, I, I've said this a few times since he's passed away. 
I had the opportunity to like be around Jim Brown and this particular quote that he said, he says, you know, in, in the NFL and in football, you need all 11 parts moving in the same direction in order for you to have success. And the moment that one part is not moving in that direction as the other 10, mm -hmm. then you won't have success. So what am I saying? We went out there as a team, we played hard and we lost as a team. Like there was a few moments to where you can point at Stefanski for calling the play. You can point at PJ Walker for not being able to be accurate. You can point at the defense for giving up the touchdowns. We went out there as a team, played hard as a team, and we lost as a team. Get your ass back to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Get ready to go play the Arizona Cardinals and win. Neither one of these guys really answered your question, Mike. There were no percentages given by either I of said guys. cut it to thirds, uh, and then I kind of shaved I'm Kevin's say, piece down. I'm going to say 50% <laughs> on the defense, 40% on the on P.J. Walker, 7% on Andrew Berry. And, no, I'm giving Andrew Berry more blame because he hasn't gotten a quarterback. 30% on P.J. Walker. Not 18% on Andrew Berry and 2% okay, on Okay, now Spansky. wait. Do you really think Andrew Berry walks in there and said, nope, we're not trading for a quarterback. I don't care what you say. Who else? <laughs> what? what? I, I think it's a collaborative decision among Paul You don't think Kevin Stefanski wants a better quarterback? I'm just saying I think it's a collaborative decision. Well, I don't think Andrew Berry's going to walk in and say, la, 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 la. We're not trading for a quarterback. A, I don't care what you decision, say. I don't think Stefanski is in on he it. He represents the front office. You want to, uh, him and the Podesta together. I just think and, it's a collaborative decision. But the defense decision. really deserves the most blame. Because if I would have told you guys before this game that the Browns, what, what was the final score, 24-20? Yeah. yeah. If, if I would have told you before the game the Browns were going to score 20 points in this game, wouldn't you think they would have won? I would have. What no. if I told it's you? It's hard to say because the 24 points that Seattle scored is right on their yearly average. The Browns is averaging well, around 19 points If the Browns have such a, game, a good defense, so. then Seattle shouldn't be on their yearly average. They should be well below that. What if I told you the Browns would have their defense on the field up by four with a minute 19 up to play? Up by three. Up by three with a minute 19 to play. Win the game. Win the game. Win the game. Win yeah. The game. I like Mike's better. That's uh, fair. The Browns' defense so underachieved more than P.J. Walker based on my expectations. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I don't think Kevin Stefanski is in on this collab decision. I think if Andrew Berry and Paul D. Podesta and everybody is collabing and saying, you know what, we don't need a quarterback, Stefanski is somewhere like, hey, man, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, somebody go get me a quarterback right now. I don't understand. I just, I just think it's a I, – I, I don't know. I'm not in the room. But I, don't, I have a hard time believing that – they're just, He's totally out of the loop on this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, That's that fair. too. It's just like, man, you know, like every, every – I do the post-game shows, and it's like, man, fire Stefanski, fire Stefanski, fire Stefanski. It gets it, – it's, 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 when have the Browns fans ever liked the head coach? When have they ever liked him? Uh, I was really – when you asked me that before Stefanski the show. They liked Stefanski his first season. They liked him his first season. I think they liked Tud. Well, they like Tud every coach. like a home, home – Well, again, if, if you're from Cleveland, you it's, it's it don't matter what you are. You're, but but you're it's good. like – you know what I'm saying? Like and they like every coach in the first He year. has his After deficiencies. That, he has his issues like most people. But, you know, I don't go around talking about who I know, what I know. I, I know a few people who play for this team. And I've asked straight you, up. Excuse off me. the record. Yeah. Like, no, nah, they – they respect Kevin Stefanski as a man. The they respect Kevin Stefanski as a leader. He definitely has some things he needs to clean up, man, but what coach in the NFL don't? Right, right. It's just the, the whole fan base where every single week, fire Stefanski, fire Stefanski yeah. guys, 
Like, he's not going nowhere. No. Browns he's, fans hated Bill Belichick. He's, he's going to be the head coach like, of the Cleveland Browns on. for the remainder I get, of the listen, season. Fans want to win. When you don't win, the fans get pissed. Yes. Like, it's the same thing with every fan base in America. To echo what Earl said, though. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the players love Stefanski. Yeah. yeah. Like, I say it like, all the time. They, they yeah, yeah, love exactly. Stefanski. And we can complain. We can moan. We can right. do whatever we want. He's a good the guys coach. in the locker room like him. And that's he's a solid NFL the coach. Yeah. The odds of finding a coach that's definitely going to be better are not likely. Like, again, he's in that second group of coaches, which is most of the league, that are pretty good coaches. There's a five guys that suck. There's five guys that are great. And everybody else is pretty good, yeah. uh, ebb and flowing, depending on the talent they have. All He's you got to do, I've said this before, they lost that horrible game to the Jets last week in week two. They came back four days later and beat Pittsburgh at home. You know how hard that is to do, coming off a gut-wrenching loss like that? Yeah. Then they lose this year in Pittsburgh in a terrible week two loss, not as bad as the Jets, but it was a bad loss. To lose it the way they did with a fumble late and a, picks or a defensive touchdown, and then they came back the next week and won. He gets these guys and ready to play. When they Sorry, winning against the Niners after losing to the Ravens. We all thought they would get destroyed in that game. So he gets them ready to play. Yeah. This team competes. Like, they they don't quit on their coach. And there's something to be said for that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll leave that. Uh, What's your pie there, Mike? You have a pie for us? Yeah. Pause. It does does sound funny when you order like that. (laughs) I, I think P.J. Walker... You actually convinced me on the defense bowl. You know what? I'm actually switch, but before I... Listen to your answer. I would have given the biggest slice of pie to P.J. Walker, but I do think the defense now probably deserves the most blame. Uh, I would go defense, 40% Walker, 35 Stefanski, 25. Fair enough. All right, so, now, speaking I of – I got to read. Before we do that, though, boy, yeah. I got to read. We got Sorry, two go more ahead. to get in today. And the last time we have to hear from FanDuel – but we're going to give them some love because we love fandom. They are the number one sports book in all of America. It is unquestioned, undisputed, and undeniable. If you want to get in on the action, there's no better time to do that than literally right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets by winning any $5 money line. That's a $5 money line bet that gets you $150 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on to get in on America's number one sportsbook. The app is so easy to use with player props, spreads, over-unders, and much, much more. If you can think about betting on it, you can find the prop for it on FanDuel.com. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL and an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Bull, it's all you. Uh, we started talking about the Niners. By the way, the Niners have now dropped three in a row. Yeah. Um, and so let's talk about this division a little bit, guys. We'll bring up the division standings again, if you can, Mike. Uh, by far the best division in football. All four teams over 500 this late in the season. That's remarkable. Very unusual. Yeah. All right. And the way the Bengals started, you wouldn't have thought that. But obviously, they've righted the ship. So Baltimore 6-2. and two, They won against Arizona. Uh, Pittsburgh lost to Jacksonville. Uh, Kenny Pickett, who's been terrible this year. I, I did not bo- – listen, we all get some wrong, some right. And maybe still pet Kenny Pickett's going to be good. He's shown no signs of being good this year. And he got hurt, and Trubisky was even worse when he came in. Tomlin spoke today, by the way. He yeah. said he needs to see something definitive in practice this week to allow Trubisky uh, – allow Pickett to play. They play Thursday night football. Who are they playing? Uh, no idea, but they play on Thursday Night Football. Something definitive. Does he mean health-wise or production-wise? Yeah, like, like health-wise. Like <laughs> t- definitive. I'm reading the quote off Twitter, so I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. literally just going off a quote on Twitter. Yeah. But he needs to see something definitive to make him feel that Kenny Pickett 
is not going to. Really I don't think it matters. I don't think either quarterback's any good. They play person. Tennessee, by the way, on Thursday Night Football. Uh, I mean, by the way, Will Levis looked phenomenal. Did you see any of that by any chance? I saw a couple of his highlight throws. He looked really good. That is wild. When a, you know, I mean, he's a, a rookie comes in and, and they just throws four touchdowns in his NFL debut. Yeah. Pretty impressive. But as far as the division, I don't know how much you guys saw of the other games in this division. Obviously, I watched the Bengals game. I watched some of it at the same time as the Browns game on the split screen. But I was mostly focused on the Browns, so I you know, kind of went back and watched, rewatched both games. But uh, the Bengals played their best game of the year. They The game wasn't even as close as the score. Did they play each other yet, Cincinnati and Baltimore? Did they play? Yes, Baltimore won. Baltimore won. Baltimore won. Where was that? I can't remember now. It doesn't matter. I, was I, just can't, I can't remember. I was just curious. But... Uh, uh, Joe Burrow coming off a of bye, looked completely healthy yeah. again. He made one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. I, if we could get, I don't know, did anybody see this highlight of when the, he broke out of a sack? The crossover to get out the sack. Yeah. Was that the wildest play? Did you guys see this by no. any chance? Uh-uh. I'll, I'll te- I can't, he we can't was like, show it, but I'll, I'll text. Two guys had him. And before this week, he would have been sacked because of the, the calf. He somehow got out of the sack, spun around, rolled out to the right, and hit, I believe, Chase for a first down on a third and ten play. It was pretty wild. But they, Jason, look, that was part of what Gene Bush called me about last night. Yeah. Was his worry about how the Bengals looked yesterday. They are back on track right well, now. Well, we t- I can't remember a few weeks ago we saw the odds. Somebody had the odds of winning the division, and the Bengals were at like 20%. And I just thought that was ludicrous, ludicrous, insanely low for a team that's accomplished all that they have. <clears throat> so, th- yeah, I mean, the Browns have the work cut out for them to compete in this division. That's why that game at Baltimore is huge, and then Pittsburgh coming here the week after is huge. Yeah, Those are two massive games that are going to go a lot farther than what happened yesterday. Those two games are going to determine the fate of this season and in the, in the, this playoff run far more than anything that happened Sunday. That's an NFC team. These are divisional games. They matter. It almost counts for two, it feels like. And the one advantage is the Bra- the Bengals have a much tougher schedule than the Browns. Yeah, they got like the second toughest schedule for the rest of the year. They do, and, and throughout the entire. And the NFL. Ravens are legit. Like they're they're for uh, they, real. Yeah, they're for real. For real. I still don't think they can do anything in the playoffs, but they got to prove it. But uh, coming up next for Cincinnati Bowl, they play Buffalo on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Then they play at home against Houston, who's scrappy. Not necessarily good, but scrappy. Yeah. Then they hit the road and play Baltimore in Baltimore. That first game was in Cincinnati. Right, okay. Then they're home against the Steelers. and then That's on a the Thursday road. night game, by the way, that Bengals-Ravens. Oh, wow. It is. And then they're home against Pittsburgh, and then on the road, Sunday night football against Jacksonville. Yeah, that's – Yeah. You and know what, the Chiefs in Week 17. This is how I have felt, I've always felt, when the Bengals were good. Like, And this is the best – Bengals run ever, obviously, in franchise history. You know, they had some good teams in the early 80s with Ken Anderson and some good teams in the late 80s with Boomer and into the early 90s. And then they had some good teams with Andy Dalton uh, and even with Carson Palmer. But this is the best Bengals ever, the, this, you know, version of them three years. When you're good and you believe in your quarterback, I don't care who you play. Like, they're playing the Bills this week. I don't care because Andy uh, – because – because Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow again. He's yeah. the guy, you know, and he, he I think he was 28 of 32 yesterday. He didn't miss a single throw the whole game. So when the, when, and that's where you hope the Browns can get to is like when you believe in the team, it's like, who cares who you play? 
Um, it doesn't matter. The Steelers did not look good, uh, you know, in that game. They the Steelers terrible. just don't beat themselves. Like you have to beat the Steelers right. because you Pittsburgh put them does, away. Pittsburgh does not beat itself. No, we have years of evidence of that, and it's yeah. happened again this year. With Although the Browns. Mitch Trubisky throw, did throw two picks. Yeah, but this is still like you you have to go out there and win the game. They're not going to hand it to you. Right. They're never yeah. And and that is that to me is the worst team in the division. And yet they're yes, still Yes, definitely. And and because the Browns three. and the Ravens both handed the Steelers game. Yeah. That's why I say you you have to beat them because they're right. not going to beat themselves. Right. I, th- I think the Ravens is actually the class of this division. I think, you know, all the talk during the offseason about Lamar Jackson wanting his money so yeah. far, now granted he got to do it in the playoffs. So far he's proved to be worth the money that, that he's gotten, um, that hardball coach team, and they're tough, they're disciplined, mm-hmm. and to Bull's point, where you believe in your quarterback and believe in your team, you really don't care about who your next opponent is. Yeah. Um, I thought they had a statement victory last week against the Detroit Lions. Who That was impressive. That, 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 that was, was a statement. That win. was really impressive. You know what I mean? And then yeah. they, they came in, you played at Arizona Cardinals, and even though Arizona hung around, like it wasn't a letdown let game. Right. They went in there and they took care of business. You look at Pittsburgh, I'm with you. They don't beat themselves. I crack myself up wondering how is it that every week Mike Tomlin is able to get the most out of this football team when they don't even have this much talent. Yeah. They go out here, compete, and somehow, some way, come away victorious. Uh, to the Bengals, that game was not as close as the score indicated. It was a 14-0 real quick, and it seemed like every time San Francisco did something to try to get back in the game, the Bengals' offense will respond with a quick touchdown. I know uh, I think Purdy threw back-to-back interceptions on back-to-back drives. Yeah. The last one, the very next play, I think they even had Jamar Chase double covered, and it was like Burrow hit him so perfect in stride yeah. that it was almost like he was walking by himself. But you got a tough division here. You got every team with at least one divisional win except for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm pretty sure that had changed. But, I mean, that's Bal- the, I still think that they're going to win the division. Yeah, I still like take the four, I mean, you look at Baltimore, man. They're you four think the Bengals are going to still win the division? Yeah, I do. They're four and one on the wow. road, two and one in the division, four and two in the conference. So as you talk about the conference games, every team has at least three wins in the AFC conference, except for Cincinnati. Yeah. And every team any wins has a li- at least, you know, <laughs> and I still one division think win. Yeah. Division. Bizarre, but they got the toughest road. Bizarre stat on the Bengals here. First team in the history of the NFL since the merger, mm-hmm. which was what, 70, 69? 70, I think. First team in the history of the NFL since the merger to get their first four wins against the non-conference team. Wow. Just an oddball stat. Yeah. They beaten they beat the whole NFC West. Yeah. Um, if you had to predict the division order of finish today, oh. you just said you got the Bengals. I mean, they're way behind. They're two. Let's see. They're four well, if and they three. Beat Baltimore, if they beat Baltimore. In the next matchup. But the they got to play Buffalo, Kansas City. Yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, maybe I was getting ahead of myself a little bit there. I don't yeah. know what Baltimore has left. Let's see. Um, up next for Baltimore. Yeah. And they the up go. next you gave to Cincinnati didn't even include Kansas City, who they play late in the year. And the Browns again. Yeah. So Baltimore has Seattle at home this week. Then Cleveland at home next week. Then Cincinnati at home on Thursday night football. They got three straight home games? Three straight home games. Wow. Seattle, Cleveland, Cincinnati. All tough games. Then they go on the road to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Then they welcome the Rams. Then they hit the road. This is a tough way to end the season. At Jacksonville, at San Francisco, home versus Miami, home versus Pittsburgh. Uh, it's, I mean, they don't have any – listen, the AFC North is tough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a slog. But if, I, if you had – come on, I'm going to make everybody do it. 
You had to bet right now. Pr- predict the order of finish in the AFC North. What is it? I'll Mike, you want to start? Yeah, I'll go first. Go I, Cincinnati scares the absolute living dog crap out of me. When Joe Burrow's cooking, and we talk about back to the very beginning of the show, today's show, if your quarterback goes down, you're kind of screwed. And when you have a guy who's in that top, top, top tier level that we all hope Deshaun Watson can get back to, everything yeah. else is easier. I trust Joe Burrow more than I trust Lamar Jackson. And with one game difference, or really it's one and a half, they're six and two, Cincinnati's four and three. But it's more than one and a half because right now the Ravens have the tiebreaker. Granted, I still yeah. like Cincinnati's chances. If I had to predict today, I would go Cincinnati one, Baltimore two, Cleveland three, and Pittsburgh four. I think I'm right with them. Same exact order. Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I'm going to go Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh too. So we all had the Browns finishing third. Now, yeah. with that being said, though, let me make something very clear. Yeah. The Browns could still win 10 games and still make the playoffs and yes. finish third in the division. For sure. Third in this division is not an indictment on a bad football team by any means. No. So I'm not no, I mean, them listen, the all. Browns are behind the eight ball. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson. And right now the Browns have P.J. Walker. Yeah. I think they need Deshaun back sooner than later, which I don't even know if that's possible. And they need him to play yeah. like the Deshaun Watson – Everyone expected. Right. Or they could be the fourth I mean, place it. team. Now, the Browns have a better defense than the Ravens and a better defense than the Bengals, but not by a lot. Right. Those the defenses Ravens are both good. actually surpassed the Browns' defense in terms in of what? total efficiency rating. Jake Trotter tweeted this out a second ago. Uh, I forget the exact metric, but the Browns no longer have the number one overall ranked defense in football. In ESPN's efficiency rankings, the Browns have dropped to number two. The Ravens have surpassed them as number one. They also lead the league in opponent points per game. I'd still take the Browns' defense, but just don't Yeah, I mean, there you go. And those te- – you know, uh, interestingly, uh, Gus Edwards, the last two weeks, has played very well for Baltimore also. I, you know, they, they played a nothing team, obviously, in Arizona. But, you know, they didn't fall down to the competition. Their two losses are against – what's funny about the Ravens is their two losses are against the Steelers and the Colts who were like, you know, middle-of-the-road teams at best. Well, Colts almost beat the Browns too. Do they, do they have any uh, – the Ravens wins. They, they beat the Bengals. They beat the Browns. They beat. So they started the season. We'll go yeah. through their schedule. The Lions a, was a good win. They beat the Texans by 16. That was C.J. Stroud's first game. Right. D'Amico Ryan's first game. Then they beat the Bengals. That game was close, but not as close as the final score yeah, it was. may have indicated. Then they lost to Indianapolis in week three. Right. They beat the Browns 28-3 in week four. Then they lost to Pittsburgh the following week. And in the last three, they beat Tennessee in a weird, ugly London game. Yeah. 24-16. Justin Tucker had six field goals in that game. <laughs> then they beat the absolute living dog poop out of Detroit. <laughs> and then they beat Arizona by that seven. That game was so weird. That game's the anomaly. I, I feel like, beside, like going into the Lions game, I was not really buying the Ravens. Because even though they had a good record, and I wasn't overly the Lions overly are suddenly impressed. the bar. The, the Lions are the litmus test now. Well, because the Lions had been playing great. Or, at, in, in particular, the Lions' offense had been fantastic going yeah. into that game. Yeah. And their de- offense just did nothing. Yeah. And so that was kind of eye-opening sure. about the Ravens' defense that game. But I think what we, what we keep getting reminded of every week is that more than ever, maybe, this is a week-to-week Absolutely. league. Look how bad the Chiefs were. They got smoked. Yeah. By the Broncos. Yeah. Smoked. Who smoked, who Miami smoked Denver. Like 70, right? 70. And then Denver comes back and beats Kansas City. It's just crazy. It's, 
It's really hard to predict things week by week. That's what makes the NFL fun, though. That's what makes the NFL what they are. They've always been a league that's been driven by parity. The, the term any given Sunday is not cliche. I wake up every Sunday to watch football knowing, like, regardless of records or who has to start players or not, any yeah. team can Something be, goofy's going to happen. Some, any team can get got <laughs> on any given Sunday. Though. Yeah. And that's what makes the NFL fun. That's what makes the NFL fun to watch. I think it's more than ever now, though. I think the parity is there, like... I don't know. I know I, I Philly's the best team probably in football right now. You know, they're seven and one. I don't think they're unbeatable at all. No. Jalen Hurts hasn't played like they they're two wins over Washington. They they had to pull them out. Yeah. Good luck get good luck getting a Super Bowl pick right right now. Like oh if you had God. to pick a Super Bowl, two teams and a winner, good luck with that. It's tough. I mean Yeah. Uh, and and Miami, what did Yeah, Miami, Miami Oh Miami did beat beat New England but you know even their offense hasn't been quite as dynamic since that Bronco game it, it, it's kind of come back to earth a little bit too we're still playing very well overall go ahead we're gonna get to the last couple super chats here yeah. in one sec before we do that I have a question and this kind of comes from a lot of what I've seen in the chat today Earl's out yeah. there so we've had to take a, a little closer look at that from back here between myself and Anthony I think I know how you're all gonna answer but I figure I've asked the question anyway and Earl brought this up on the postgame show a tiny bit. Would you consider letting AVP call plays, or are you still comfortable with Kevin Stefanski no, no, play call? That, that ship sailed a long time ago. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Why would we change anything? Just bringing up questions from the chat. They have, again, <clears throat> their offense has been competitive for the most part outside of the Ravens game with the worst quarterback play in the league and the, their best running back out for the year. And the right tackle. And a right tackle. And only one really good wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. Earl, I know you mentioned this yesterday, so you want to chime in? Yeah, a couple of people in the chat did bring it up. I mean, I suggested that I don't think Kevin Stefanski is a good situational play caller, right? Based on what? Based off his history here at the Cleveland Browns. Like, if I can go through my mind, just muscle yeah, but memory. That's just, but that's, you asked me a question. Let me finish. 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 I don't think he's a good situational play caller. I think over his tenure as the Cleveland Browns head coach, you can point to games, whether it be at the two-minute warning, whether it be uh, mid-first quarter, uh, the usage of timeouts. There's certain things, in my opinion, about his situational play calling that's not all that great. And I feel like that you have some solid offensive minds on your coaching staff, like a Callahan, like a Van Pelt. And, like, you know, one of the suggestions I made was – Hell, like, if this is the case, you know, hand over play calling to Van Pelt. Now, that was in a moment because I was saying, like, you, you keep trying the same thing over and over, and maybe a different play caller will put a different set of eyes on it, and that could be the case. But I would, I do wonder how much, you know, he talks to Callahan and AVP about certain packages during certain points of the game and see if they can collectively come up with something together. Or is this strictly just all Kevin Stefanski will yeah. all to say doing his thing? My counter to that would be, I don't know if there's any way to find this out. This would have to be deep research. Like, this idea, and I've heard people say this before, he's bad at situational play calling. I don't know that nobody's ever given me a fact to back that up. It's just like, I remember this game and this situation. Well, when it goes badly, we're going to remember it. Well, it's to Jason's point earlier. They threw yeah. on third and three. Three plays before the third and three pass that got picked exactly. off and no one remembers it. But continue. I, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I just don't like – I think it's easy to throw that out there and say he's a bad situational play caller. I just don't 
I don't think there's any facts to back that up. There may be, but I don't. I, there's he's had play calls in the past where I was like, oh god, I hate that. Every coach does. Every coach has play calls that they want back at, yeah. at whatever moments. And when plays don't work, they look awful. When they do work, you look like a genius. So I have no problem with him calling the plays. Uh, I think it is very collaborative, actually, with AVP in terms of how they get to. Now, in the moment, you got 30 seconds. Yeah. So, but in terms of putting the game plan together, building it out, I think Alex is very involved in that. Uh, but it's it's Kevin making the calls because yeah. you got 30 seconds and you're on to the next call. Uh, most, um, co- again, most coaches call their own plays. If they're a defensive coach, they're calling the defense. Mm-hmm. If they're an offensive coach, they're calling out. Most coaches do that. Okay, and that's just the way it is in the NFL. Now, would the Browns be better if they had Alex Van Cole in place? I will never know. My guess is they wouldn't be. I don't buy. I I don't think Stefanski's a, a bad play caller, bad situational play caller. I think he's a, a a solid play caller, a good play caller. I think he does great. I thought calling that timeout before the two minute warning was actually a brilliant call that a lot of coaches would not have thought to do. Because as uh, Daryl Johnson said, it gave them the ability to do whatever they want. Yeah. And it gave them time to, like, they could have just run the play also and still had the ability to do whatever they want. However, it would have felt like they had time to set up, like, to call timeout, take the breather, and call what they thought was the right play. Now, it didn't turn out to be the right play. It didn't, or it didn't work. It might have been the right play. It didn't work. But uh, I thought I, I don't think a lot of coaches would have had that wherewithal to call a timeout in that situation. And I actually thought it was a really smart play because the, you're going to get to the two-minute warning after it anyway. So it doesn't matter if you call a timeout or not. And the four plays at the goal line last week, everyone was losing their minds yeah. out. It was very well thought out. You'd rather have four cracks at it than two. Like, there's logic behind a lot of the things that he does and that he comes up with. You're not going to like every call. Nobody does. Well, when you alluded to last week, you know, when we were saying, like, he should have ran the ball, ran the ball. Yeah. They didn't have any timeouts, and you brought up a point that actually made me think, you know, how about the goal line package? Mm-hmm. If they didn't get in, you can't even substitute can't out sub. their package. What you have on the field that's, is what that's you That's what it is. So, yep. you know, but, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I get it. People mad we lost, man. Yeah. It's and just, that's fine. Like, and, and, we lost. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always aggravating when you lose the game, yeah. but you don't have to fire the coach after every no. game. It's, it's, it's silly. And Steve Becker, enough with his Eagles propaganda. I mean, do we need his eagle propaganda in every text? Nick Sirianni with his with his with his I, what is with his eyes? By the way, what is happening there? He looks like he's half asleep every time he goes <laughs> online. He's a good coach. By the way, every coach is a good coach when the team's winning, and then the second they start losing, the last coach what was what's the coach that was there? Now he's in Jacksonville. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, right? He was a genius. Then he was an idiot. Now he's a genius again. That's the way it goes. The Browns yeah. have been in, Browns have been in position to win every game except the Baltimore game. Like they've been, in, yes. they've had a chance to win. They've been in position. Yes. They've had, they've been in the game at the end of the game to win every game, but the Baltimore. All is not lost, man. Four right. and three. You might've lost a game that you should have won, but you four and three tie for second in your division. It could be a whole lot worse. Than the Cleveland. Browns have had four games this year that were, could have easily gone mm-hmm. either way. And they're both, and they're either two way. and two. That's why I said games. you could easily make a case for five and two. Yeah. You could just as easily make a case for two and well, five. They could have actually been six and one even. That's, I'm sorry. Right? That's what I meant. Six and one. Right. You could easily be six and one. The strip sack in Pittsburgh, yep. the interception off the helmet, yep. you're, you're six and one. Yep. But you could just as easily be, be two, two and, and five. Yeah. So right. four and three is probably about. With, with as bad as they've played in the passing game. They probably should be two and five, yeah, right. or they should be six and one. Go ahead, Mike. We got some super chats here to finish up the show. And whenever we bring you guys super chats, it's brought to us by 
our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We read a couple of these earlier. We're going to finish off the last few now. The first one comes from Peter R. Thank you for the level-headed show and not screaming for Kevin to be fired. He's the only reason we can do anything on offense with all the injuries we've sustained. And Vine says, it's all on Haslam. Is he not watching the games? Charles T. said, greatest defense in the world? Question mark. JSN touchdown was horrible. Noah Fant, horrible non-tackling. Couldn't stop the struggling Geno on the last drive. Fans saying it's all on Stefanski and his fault. Let's make, uh, let me read this again. Fans saying it's all Stefanski's fault and make Schwartz head coach. It's crazy. Okay, I see what he was trying to say there. Yeah, that is crazy. He's saying it's crazy that Stefanski should be fired and promote right, Schwartz. Right, yes, That's what he was agreed. Saying. Edwin Young says Stefanski will not survive his coaching malfeasance. The team is willing themselves with competitiveness with no head coach upside. His lack of situational awareness is disappointing. Love the show, guys. We appreciate that. Edwin Darrell says, problem is Stefanski's been making those same boneheaded decisions for three years, not running the ball three consecutive times last week at the goal line. We just explained that. Uh, last week, goal to goal, he passed the ball after timeout. How was this his best third down and three play drawn up? And well, since Vernell he's got Jackson, here, they convert 57% of third down threes, third and threes through the air. Which is a well above league well average. Well above league average. With, lastly, bad, with generally bad with generally play. bad quarterback play. Yeah. And last one comes from Vernell Jackson being a 500 coach. Shows he's a bad play caller. And those are super chats for today. No, it doesn't. Not nearly as volatile as last night's super chats on the postgame show, <laughs> no. which we're all calling for Kevin's fancy head on a platter. I, I, this, this idea that we fire the coach, I, I'm sure that's going on in other places, I'm too. sure it is. Yeah. Every, you know, teams that are a lot worse than the Browns. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I don't know. I said this pre-show. So you guys know I'm from New Jersey. My dad's a diehard Giants fan. Yeah. He didn't even watch the second half in overtime of the game. Oh, my God. When Tyrod Taylor went out, who's already their backup. They put in Tommy DeVito as a third-string quarterback. And they New had Jersey's so, own. Had so little face in Tommy DeVito. They didn't even attempt to pass. No, I've never heard he of threw, Tommy DeVito. I think he threw a couple of passes. Well, but they, they barely yeah, threw they the ball. Yeah, they didn't throw the Literally ball at all. Literally barely threw the football. But did you see that? You talk about officials. But I think he was officially one for three for negative two yards as quarterback. <laughs> yes. And he played like half the game. Is that Danny's and, and son? My, my yeah. point is, Danny DeVito went to the same high school as my dad, by the way. But oh, nice. my, my point is, what they have done with P.J. Walker. Is it miraculous. The offense, they moved the ball. Tommy DeVito's final stat line yesterday. Two for seven with, for negative one oh, yards. Well, two for seven. He had a two point nine QB rating, QBR, <laughs> a two point nine. Well, that is not... what most third string quarterbacks in the NFL do when yeah. they're thrust into action. How many carries did Saquon Barkley have in that game? Thirty six. Why didn't they? They had ran a... the ball fifty two times. They threw it fourteen. The Giants were up ten seven, with like two minutes to go in the game, I think, and they had a fourth and one in Jets at like the Jets twenty five. And they tried a field goal to go up by six, and they missed it. I don't know why they didn't just try to get the first down and end the game. The way Barkley was running, the Jets wouldn't have stopped him. I mean, he averaged 3.3 yards a carry. I don't know what it was. I didn't watch the game. Uh, real quick, the receiving stats in that game? They, they didn't need – Mike, they didn't need 3.3. They needed one. Oh, they needed one? I yeah. had no idea. I, I didn't watch so the I'm game saying. at all. 
Real quick, the Giants receiving stats. Their leading receiver was Darren Waller, one catch for four yards. <laughs> <laughs> Their second leading receiver was Matt Breida, one catch for three yards. <laughs> Saquon Barkley, three catches for zero yards. Oh and Darius God. Slayton, one catch for minus one yards. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm serious. Oh I just showed that was like the, hop on the mic. That, remember I'm that not game kidding, with, right? I, Mike is reading that correctly. He's not drunk. That was like the Patriots game a few years ago and the crazy win when he threw three Bills. passes. Yep. Except it was good weather in New Jersey. Oh, yeah, it uh, was not terrible it weather. Was, it was acceptable weather. But I don't know if anybody saw this video. So the Jets got – they hadn't done anything. They scored a touchdown early. They So the Jets – the Giants miss a field goal, so it stays 10-7. Jets get the ball back. They go down the field. They get into field goal range, but they have no timeout, so they got to hurry up to the line and snap it and spike it so mm-hmm. they can get a field goal. Well, they did it with one second left. However, it should have never happened. Because the center snapped it himself. The center just put the ball down and snapped it. Oh, wow. That was the, a thing the couple official kind of ran in and maybe he touched the ball, but the official was supposed to set the that ball. with the Cowboys. They right. lost the game. Playoff yes. game, wouldn't it? The Jets should have lost. Wow. Instead, I got a push on my uh, my Bet Rivers picks yesterday to finish two two and one. Uh, anyway, Mike, any? Yeah, just want to tease what we got yeah. coming up the rest of the week here because we got a busy week here. We got Mike Florio making his UCSS debut. That could tomorrow. get feisty, maybe. I would imagine that's gonna be a little contentious. I could imagine that getting a little contentious. Yeah. We also. We'll be all over the trade deadline. We're busting out the Kool-Aid meter tomorrow to talk about some potential trade targets. Whether or not the Browns make a move and or don't make a move, what does that say about Andrew Barry in this front office and how they view the rest of this team? And also later in the week, we're doing a TV show where Bull's hosting. His yeah. first ever hosting gig on a linear top 20 market TV show, Bull. So I hope you're not losing sleep over this. Uh, not at all. Are you nervous? No. Boy, don't get nervous. Right? I don't get nervous. I mean, I have in my career, but not for a very long time. Hey, hey real quick, because I've been reading the chat. People thought I had on Steelers gear or, or Steelers, Steelers jersey. That is this is Steelers a navy blue and gold. This is a Warrensville. It's a, it's a Michigan sweatshirt. Get it straight. <laughs> it's it, a it Warrensville says, it says High Harris School. It's on the back. That's uh, not uh, Yeah, man. Shout out to the Lady Tigers, man, who are about to get their season started. Uh, I know my daughter is looking forward to it. She said, Dad, yeah. I didn't took a big leap from year one to year two. I don't want to have to come out here and have to analyze your game, Yana. That's right. So, but so no, I shout out to them, man. Good luck to them this year. Good luck to Rocky River Football. They won their first playoff game this weekend. And shout out to my son and all the kids that performed in their play this weekend. They did a great job. My son was awesome. All his friends came to watch him. It was a, it was a wonderful weekend. I'm very proud of you, Aaron. You did a great job as uh, Snake the Burglar. He was tremendous in the, in the show this weekend. And now it's off to the next show. And we'll see you on overtime. What are we doing on overtime, Mike? High school football playoff tickets have gotten outrageously expensive. Oh, yeah. This is an issue. We'll get to that next. See ya.